everyone, it's Naomi and welcome to the Firecracker Department. We always do a couple of shoutouts at the beginning of our episode. If you have a shoutout you want to give to a fellow Firecracker, send it my way and I will give them a shout out. Firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Send me the info. The Firecracker shoutout for me today is Mother Nature. Good job, Mother Nature. You know, these seasons, I mean, every year you just surprise me with those colors at fall and the and the crisp early winter mornings and then just every once in a while you think oh we're heading into some cooler weather nope beautiful gorgeous day over the weekend in my bare feet so mother nature you're doing a great job and uh you probably are one of my favorite firecrackers there i said it my other shout out goes to my friend laura kazwadi who does this great event it's called Dance Like Nobody's Watching dash DLNW. Go check them out on Facebook. It's a regular event and you dance. Now, I think everybody should dance. I think that there should be a dance break every day at like two o'clock. Everybody put down their pens, get off their computers and just do a little dance because it's so good. So Laura's dedicated herself to providing that for folks. And I love this about her. So go on over to Dance Like Nobody's Watching, give her a little shout out, give her a little dance off, and uh, you know, get your body moving. Okay, our guest today is, okay, this is exciting for me because it's our first, it's our very first cinematographer and director of photography. And when I started Firecracker Department, I was adamant about not just doing in front of the camera people, not just actors, but also directors and casting directors and publicists and DOPs and cinematographers. And here we go today with Tammy Riker. I had such a great chat with Tammy. I really did. And I love that we can have these hour long talks. We're strangers at the beginning. At the end, I'm going to buy her dinner. This is what this podcast is doing is it's just going to cost me a lot of dinners because of all the fantastic people that are doing the show. I'm OK with that. Now, you'll know Tammy best from her work with Gina Prince Blythewood on The Old Guard. So good. And Beyond the Lights and on Lisa Cholodenko's High Art. She was the first woman to win an American Society of Cinematographers Award for her work at HBO's Carnival. And you'll also know one of our past firecrackers from this show, Carla Gallo from Carnival. And uh, Carla's a friend of mine, and I just feel like she's one of those actors that can do anything. So she was in Carnival, and then she was also in Undeclared. She was in Neighbors. She can do anything. All right, that's a little sidetrack, a little Carla Gallo sidetrack. I actually stepped aside of the microphone to show you the sidetrack. All right, back to Tammy. Most recently, Tammy worked with Regina King on her feature directorial debut, One Night in Miami. This movie looks so good. The film came out at the Toronto International Film Festival this year and is coming to theaters this Christmas. I've only seen clips of it, but I have to tell you, the acting looks incredible. We talk a lot about the fact that it went from a play to a screenplay and what Tammy had to do as a cinematographer to deal with that. We talk about that in my chat and it's just so interesting. It's based on this, this dialogue heavy play in a small hotel room with these four iconic black artists, athletes and activists. And she just manages to make it all just feel natural. Like she's the fly on the wall. So now we're still living in that Zoom life. So there's a bit of a technical delay. That's just the way it's gonna be. Be patient with this time and um, push on through because the conversations are so good. Um, I hate, you know what I hate? I know you do too about the Zoom delay thing is it always feels like we're interrupting each other. So 
at the beginning of the talk, I just go, look, we're gonna interrupt each other. We're just gonna get through it. And as I said, it is worth it. This chat is so good. I have to say, I was in a cold place during this interview. And as I recorded it, because it is fall, and sometimes it feels like winter out there already. But I got warmed up as we started talking. At the beginning, I was looking at the Zoom going, oh my God, my lips are blue. Blue, I'm so cold. And then she just warmed me up. She warmed my heart and she warmed my soul during this conversation. And I just know she's gonna do the same for you. If you are in a warmer climate, maybe turn up the AC. All right, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with the one and only incredible Tammy Riker. Now, were you always certain that you were going to tell stories this way? Like, I feel like when people are storytellers, you're storytellers forever, but you choose how you'll tell your story. So did you know you wanted to tell your story through cinematography? I did because I've, I mean, since I was like 12 is when I got my first still camera. So that I started telling stories that way. And I mean, the last two years of high school, I think I spent every second in the dark room, you know, I, <laughs> I, just, I did too. Uh, I love the dark I room. <laughs> oh my God. I, it was it. my savior. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. then I applied to NYU and I was deciding film or stills. And uh, I did both the first year. Um, I mean, that's an amazing thing about being in New York City. There was, I took classes outside of NYU at the new school and then really just fell in love with with shooting images you know I thought for a second I wanted to be a director but I really loved shooting everyone's film and it just telling stories visually you know yeah what was the first time that you held a camera and you caught you caught something on camera that you were like oh that's magic that would you know that would be in right after film school, I would say. Um, this director, Alex Sechelle, I don't know who, you know, who she, she made a few features, of, but I shot her short film and it was about a Greek grandmother who was like 90 hanging her laundry on the rooftop in Brooklyn. And it was, and the sun was setting and it was just magical. We were shooting yeah. black and white and, that was a moment where I, you know, and then see going and, you know, watching the daily, yeah. that's the magic that, I mean, I miss, I actually love digital, but I miss that magic, you know? Yeah. What do you Just think like in the dark you... room when you're finally watching it develop, you know, that's what it was like going to watch dailies. You were like holding your breath. I mean, you lived it, you right. shot it, but <laughs> the moment of truth was yeah. about to happen. <laughs> I mean, I, I totally agree. I don't ever want to go back into the dark room because it was so time consuming. And, and toxic. So pa- now that we realize how toxic, toxic it was. <laughs> oh my God. And like, I would touch my lips. Like I'm yes. sure I took years off my <laughs> life just by ingesting those chemicals. Um, but it was magical. I agree with you. Uh, and did you find like along your path when you had started, like you knew you were going to go into cinematography from like when you were 12, was there ever any, any doubt for you? No, I really, I, I, when I, I, I thought I wanted, I knew like, you know, you know that you want to be an artist and my mother is a painter and I took lots of painting class, but I had no, (laughs) I couldn't do it. It was, I could, I can't draw, I can't paint. You just have it or you don't have it. (laughs) And then she gave me the camera and that became my medium to, you know, my creative outlet. Yeah, tell me, tell me about your folks. Tell me about their, 
did they support you along the way? Did they, uh, did they challenge your journey? Uh, no, they've been incredibly supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my dad would always kind of forget what I do. He's like, I told everyone about that movie you directed. I was like, I didn't direct it. <laughs> oh my God. My father. And he's just like, oh yeah, says, you did, you know? <laughs> yeah. My father, I, I did, uh, I'm from Second City World and my father's constantly telling people about how I'm, I'm from Saturday Night Live. I'm like, no, they're very different. They're very different. Or he'll say like, I'll be doing like this kind of interview and he'll be like, good luck with the show. And I'm like, it's not a show, it's an interview. But God bless them, they're doing right, what they can, right. you know? Yeah. So then you're, you're traveling through, you're, you're, you went to school, you knew like, I mean, I'm so envious because I think I always knew I wanted to be an actor, but I, I fell off the wagon a couple of times because I knew that the road wasn't going to be easy. And knowing like through your mom, who was an artist, your road wasn't easy. Was there ever a time where you faltered? No, <laughs> there wasn't. That's you know, amazing. Like, after film school, I, uh, I start, I was still shooting, I shot a lot of Columbia grad films. I, I made this connection. That's where I met Lisa Cholodinko. Um, I met a lot of people that were at grad school there, Noah Grotnick, and, um, and then I started working as a camera assistant, you know, professionally. And there, there was moments where I was like, I, this isn't, I can't do this long journey. Like I want to keep shooting. So I yeah. took out a loan and bought out, bought an SR1 camera. 16 millimeter film camera. And it was right at that moment when every band had a music video, every band, whether it was a $2,000 oh, yeah. music video. I mean, now there's only big videos, you know, but this was that moment. And uh, I just started shooting all the time. I was like, you pay for me or pay for the camera or maybe we're both free or, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right, BYOC. Yeah. So yeah, so looking back, your one of your first credits is the Ramones video, right? Do you do you remember working on that and what you learned from that experience? Being like your first, I would say that was probably one of your first major credits. At least that's on the IMDb. Uh, I do. Yeah, it was uh, with my friend George Seminara was directed a lot of Ramones videos, and we we traveled with them. We went to Berlin and Amsterdam and. That was amazing, you know, it was, we were riding on the bus. It was like real <laughs> rock and roll and right. thousands of fans out there and being led through the back, you know, entrance and Eric was with my camera following them. And <laughs> that mm -hmm. was, uh, that was an incredible journey. Yeah. They couldn't even leave their hotel. It feels like that set you Berlin. up for, right. Right. Yeah. I feels like that set you up for all the handheld camera operating you've been doing since then. Like, it feels yeah. like you gravitate a lot to handheld. I do. I do. Well, why I do you do that? that? What's the what's the attraction? Well, I love being in it. I love being a part of it, being so close to the talent, being right in the room and, and, and giving you this ability to move and focus and find details and and just organically move with the actors. That's what I've always loved, that spontaneity. I mean, yeah, and I, as an actor, I love it so much until I, they say cut and I see the sweat dripping off 
the faces <laughs> of the DOPs and I realized how much it's cost them. And I'm like, that's really fun. Should we do another take? And they're like, <laughs> okay. Yes. But it's, it's pretty magical. You do feel like you're really connected to your craft that way. Yeah, I feel like high art is a film where I, you know, you feel so connected, like that cinematography and the acting, everything, the music, it was. Yeah, I want to talk more about high art, but I I also want to know, because I think, I feel like you've got such a clear style and I wonder, do you you realize that you have a style? Do you realize like, let's hire Tammy because she brings this to the project? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> definitely in commercials, you know, <laughs> but in feature films also, yeah. definitely, yeah. You know, people are like, you know, you, you bring th- in organicness, a, you know, a natural lighting and it's what I love, yeah. No one's gonna hire me to hire yeah. shoot the next Batman. That's <laughs> Unless it's handheld. Unless it's... <laughs> I mean, never say right. never. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I hate to get into gender uh, issues about this because I don't think it is, but maybe if there's a quality about you that you bring that kind of sensitivity to the set. Do you think, like, where did you get get that kind of skill from? Uh, I, I definitely, because also, you know, I have a, I love uh, production design and wardrobe and <laughs> the whole everything that's in the image everything that I see yeah. in the frame you know I mean that's another thing I would say that people comment on a lot is or you know people that have worked with me you know she will never let something be bad in the frame <laughs> you know? like it's the whole you're yeah. getting she's I'm what you know Hawkeye is what I get a lot you know I just see yeah. an extra 10 rows back what is he wearing <laughs> I think that's female though I do like I mean yeah. I, as I said I hate to like genderize these things I do but too. I do think the attention like I did a whole photo shoot once the black and whites came back they were like life-size headshots and I had food right. in my teeth and if a woman had been on set Never. for that, exactly. That yes. Yeah. No, I'm but, always I mean, you looking have out that? for my female leads in that way. You know, I'll be like, turn yeah. your whole body, not just your neck. You know, like, yeah. And I'll be like, secret yeah. signals, like, what? Huh? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and they really, they're lying in like, bed. So <laughs> exactly. They're like, thank you. Tell me that anytime. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, I'm so shocked that there are not, I know it's getting better now, that I'm so shocked that there are not more DOPs for that very reason, for the right. reason of attention to detail. I mean, you, you want to be known as that as opposed to, oh, hi, hire Tammy. She, she gets things done and it's good enough. You don't want yeah. that. <laughs> so who do you think you got that kind of, uh, that kind of focus on detail from? Well, I, that's from my mother. My mother's a crazy perfectionist, yeah. Right. And my sisters and I will right. be like, oh, mom's coming to visit. She's going to, you know, pick my house apart. <laughs> Everything has, you know, and she does it so like you can't cut any corners with her. I'm like, really? Can we just? And she's like, nope, nope. It's got to all come down. You know? <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now you kind of recognize the value of that. That I mean, I think yes. my mom was a little bit like that too. And I'd be like, oh, what the fuck? have to always go on the same side of the plate what's going on here Martha Stewart 
Yeah, but I'm, right. I'm a little bit more lackadaisical, I think, than that. Um, but I'm not a DOP. So when you, like, I'm, I'd love to hear your process with the, uh, the one night film as well, because, um, cause it was a play and I feel like you were the, maybe one of the few people that actually could take that play and turn it into a film and have it be as satisfying as what I'm seeing from the, from the clips. It's so beautiful. And I feel like I'm sitting in that hotel room with those, those men. Which sounds a bit creepy, but it feels in a good right, way. I feel right. like I'm part of this game. <laughs> well, working. Tell with, me about that process. Uh, so, you know, I met, I went, came, went for an interview with Regina, and we really, you know, we hit it off. I, I came with a lookbook and lots of very rich, saturated photographs from the time period. A lot of street photographers like Saul Leader and Gary Winograd, and then. Uh, and Malcolm and, and Cassius Clay were so photographed, you know, by Harry Biggin and, mm -hmm. and Eve Arnold was, you know, photographed um, Malcolm all the time. So we had a lot of great visual references, um, but definitely the, 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 you know, the elephant in the room was how do we shoot these? I mean, there were scenes that were 10 and 15 pages long, I know. just all dialogue. Like you're just flipping the page and it just oh. never, you know, so we, we both wanted to keep the camera moving. That was something that we really wanted and to keep to keep it, to have it where it goes from character to character so it wouldn't be too cutty. That was something that was really important yeah. to both of us. So um, I suggested to Regina that we, that we, even though we were on a stage in a small tub room, we used two jib arms and operated by, manually operated, not on a hothead. So the operator could float with the characters, you know, and float down yeah. and, and, and make, it's, it's like shooting handheld because you have this ability, you're not relying on the dolly grip or anybody else, you can float, you see something and you can find it and, uh, and you can get a pretty big arc, you know, you can do your own little move. And uh, we, we went with that and we, we made the decision to shoot masters of everything so it was 10 and 15 minute takes which is wow. you know very you know for the whole crew it's very challenging like the actors loved yeah. it because i mean kingsley would build up into that performance you couldn't cut that in half or just say we're going to pick up no. these two lines i mean it was so intense and powerful mm -hmm. so it, it worked we were at first like are we really going to do this you know <laughs> and it worked beautifully yeah. I, I can't wait. I mean, I know that there was somebody that said like you had to be like a fly on the wall and that. And I think you're absolutely, especially since it used to be a play and you want to get the rhythm of everything yes. going. You can't, yeah. you can't chop that up. You can't. And when he's building up to these, all of them building up to these moments and their interactions, you know, each, each 10 15 minute chunk was really just had to play out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it would play out in the close-ups and it would play out. And, but it, what was amazing about that was it gave us, you know, after we would get the wider takes, we would see so many opportunities. We'd be like, okay, now, we, you know, we can drift from here to here or, you know, and the operators, like so much was discovered in that. Yeah. It probably has a lot to do with your partnership with Regina or whoever you're working with at the time to make sure that you're on the same page. Can you tell me a little bit about the different partnerships you've had and, and maybe things that you've taken away, whether it was 
good experiences or bad experiences? Well, I've had a, I mean, working with Regina was fantastic. She's really collaborative. And I mean, in those, what we would, we were each on separate sides of the stage. I'm at the DIT tent, she's at the director's monitor. And then we would, we were just lapping that thing. One would meet the other after the take and be like, I saw this, should we do it? Okay, you know, and I'm on headset with the yeah. operators and I'd be like, okay, what you did was genius this time, drift, you know. But of course I had to check with her yeah. first before I made any big decision. And she'd be like, I saw that too. And it was such an energy yeah. of an excitement because what you were seeing yeah. was just, there were so many moments you just had chills, you know. There was one favorite moment where yeah. our, our Dolly Grip, incredible guy, was just a huge Muhammad Ali fan and just so happy to be in, involved in this project. And he kind of lost that he was on the movie set and, and Kingsley is giving, Malcolm's giving one of his speeches and he's like, that's right. And then he was like, I said that out loud. You know, <laughs> it was during a take. <laughs> and everyone. Oh my gosh. But you know, like. <laughs> but he, you were just in it. Yeah. You know, you were like nodding so your head and you were. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like that's something that you rarely. I, I, I'm not saying rarely, but like, like you don't often get in film because people are so compartmentalized in their different focuses that it yeah. takes something like it, it's something as theatrical as this piece to really like bring people together where people are exclaiming. I just, I think that's yeah, really- on set, like, a, you know, you get the clip on the, you get people laughing accidentally, but to be so into sure. someone's dialogue that you're just like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. I mean, has there been, a, like with Regina, was there ever a time, like it feels like you launched your partnership and knew each other's uh, voices very specifically. Was there ever a time that you um, didn't have conflict, but had a, like a disagreement or different choices? And how did you navigate that? There wasn't, you know, we had, there was, when, you know, it was a $12 million movie. So there were conflict, it wasn't so much conflicts between us. It was like problem right. solving when the um, weather didn't cooperate or, you know, uh, we really wanted to shoot the roof scene outside and not on a stage or not um, on green screen. And so we had to keep problem solving that because if we went to a real roof, the actors would have to wear harnesses and we're like, that can't happen. They can't be like in harnesses no. that we paint out. They need to move and they're throwing the camera around. And so, um, it, it kept going around in circles and the production designer, you know, was had this genius idea to just build the roof off of shipping containers. So he built it in the parking lot. So off of shipping containers and we had to have that railing, which at first we were so upset about, but then it just disappears. You don't even think about it, you know, there because then again, if there wasn't a railing, they could fall off and we couldn't shoot right. up there. So that, that was a big, pro and then the, you know, it rained one night and fog rolled in the next night. And <laughs> so. Yeah, like I feel like everything that you're saying like was like troubles or weather, but they're all sort of these great war stories that like right. nobody can see your face, but there's such joy on your face right now of what you've, you know, gotten through in order to produce yes. this beautiful piece of work. So it's all, it's all worth it. And, and in the same yeah. sort of vein with, um, your cloak and dagger pilot. What was the things that you took away from that experience? Well, that was uh, someone that I've worked, a big collaborator is, is Gina Prince, 
we've done, we're about to start our sixth project together. So, um, right, right. Yeah. You just know, you got youth language. Yes, yes. We, we met 20 years ago on disappearing acts. Yeah. And so we've, you know, done so many projects together. Both kids, we're moms, traveling, living all over, you know. <laughs> Is there ever a time that you feel like you have to take the reins and just push through regardless of the direction? Like you're just going to make it your own because you know what you believe in? No. I mean, uh, I mean, especially with Gina and Regina, you know, they both really know what they want, right? And so I'm there yeah. to interpret and you know, bring suggestions, ideas, you know, like with Gina, we've worked together so long. I, you know, I'm always like, oh, I have an idea, I have an idea, you know, and she'll be like, listening, okay, you know, and she just like, she'll just be like, thanks for the suggestion, but not today, you know, or I'll be like, and then I'll finally get one, and I'll be like, yes, <laughs> she's like, I'll take yeah. that one, yeah, let's do that, you know, yeah, but I never give up, you know? I, I always tell directors when I start working with him, I have a lot of ideas and I'm never offended. So you can just be like, no, yes, no. You know, like just take whichever one. You know? <laughs> that's a better. great, I mean, that's a great thing to bring to the table. Like yeah. that A, that you have ideas and B, that you're not offended when somebody says, oh no, thank you. Yes, 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 yeah. Yeah. I remember being on set and uh, somebody, I don't know, maybe it was the DOP, maybe it was one of the other cast or crew members and they said, oh, I have an idea. And the director said, I think you're a lot more excited about that idea than I am. <laughs> and I was like, fair enough, that's fair. So, and what about those um, collaborations? Because it feels like you must have like a spidey sense of good collaborators. Like you, you've locked into some really, you know, 20 years relationship means that you have something that works. What about those relationships that are challenging for you? How do you get through uh, a collaboration that might not be as smooth? Uh, I've had a couple of those. Luckily, not so many. <laughs> it's hard. It's really hard. You yeah. just have to, it's hard when you're away from your family also. Yeah. When you're away, but you feel like you're you know, when I'm away with Gina, like I have my buddy, we have each other, you know, we laugh, yeah. we cry. She's always says there'll be one moment when Tammy's going to cry. <laughs> I do. <She's> always <laughs> I'm going to cry about something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's and she's there with me, you know, like we can get in the car in the morning and we always ride together stay in the same hotel you know so that we always have each other's back for like you know plotting and planning and yeah. it's such hard work you know you really need to have that partner and i felt 100%. really like regina was that way too you know we we rode together every morning and back home at night and met together on the weekends and you know we're flying back and forth to la a lot together and so always just uh planning yeah. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like conflict, if we can get a hold of standing our ground in conflict and not crying, because I get so worked up that I get, I sometimes get so worked up and then I leave the situation and then I cry, but I, but my heart pounds in conflicts. Like I, I get so riled up, whether it's a conflict with somebody I know really well or somebody I don't know very well, 
So can you speak a little bit about dealing with like pushing through with your point of view or if you had an idea that you're like, I can't let that one go. That one's a really good idea. I believe in it so much. Right, right. It's really, you know, I, I feel like that's not getting too upset when your idea doesn't, you know, get <laughs> accepted and but never getting discouraged. Just keep coming back. Keep coming back, you know, right. and <laughs> yeah. I always, yeah. it's always whispered in the ear. It's never shouting across set, you know, like, so it's always, you know, literally like slipping notes. What if he turns to the left instead of the right? Do you think that, you know, like that kind of thing? <laughs> and you just, yeah, so you do it in, in, the, in a way that, and that way, you know, and in a laughing way, like Gina and I laugh a lot on set, you know, we, yeah we have a teasing relationship too that works to keep yeah i take everything too personally yeah sometimes i have to talk myself off that ledge too. yeah <laughs> yeah i you learn I, so much I about like yourself on every can... movie yeah yeah so yeah much. like what what have you learned about yourself like on some or past projects what have you learned about yourself well i mean that that would be you know when i was younger you know it, it it would be not what i'm saying how i'm saying it learning not to get you know too passionate and too <laughs> upset if my idea doesn't go through you know learning to really rein that in and to to listen and when to bring up your idea and when to bring up your concerns you know a lot of it is you're plotting for worst case scenario you know worst case right. scenario it pours you know and you'll have directors that like don't say that i don't want to hear if it rains you're like well we got to have a backup plan <laughs> yeah. yeah right so, i would say that each time it's a learning experience about your own personality you know about uh, yeah. when to be quiet when to speak up you know that's the whole balancing act yeah how are you to, um at watching other people's work are you able to watch it as entertainment or are you just watching the shots that they're getting you know if it's a good movie i'm just engrossed in the film i mean my son is always i'm like do you see that why did they do that? You know, and he's like, I don't yeah. see it. You know, <laughs> yeah. as soon as yeah. I start to drift, that's when's the last happened. time you watched like a show when, when that you were just like enamored, like something that the, the shot was just oh, so magical. The normal you... people. Did you watch Normal People? Yeah, so yes, I do. Beautiful. Yeah. I but I don't see like... it through your eyes. Like, yeah. Uh. I just yeah. thought it was just, I mean, I loved that the, I didn't read the book. I know some friends that read the book were a little like, ah, oh, they weren't normal. They were beautiful. I was like, but it was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, uh, and, and he just did an amazing job. Everything about the lensing and, you know, it was like what I love, you know, it's very natural yeah. and interesting. Yeah. And is there ever a time, like, is there a show right now that you're like, oh, I wish, I, w I wish I could shoot that. Like, or, I don't know, I watch comedy that way. And sometimes I rewrite jokes as like, I'll be like, oh, that joke needed one extra beat or something like that. Do you do that when you're watching shows and TV films? Uh, sometimes, I mean, usually I'm just, I mean, normal people, I was like, oh, you know, when there's something where you're like, oh, that's what I would have loved to have shot. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what's next for you? Like, is there anything that, that uh, you, I mean, it feels like you're living your dream. It feels like you're, <laughs> you're traveling. You got a son that still talks to you. Life is pretty good. Is there something that's out of balance for you? Uh, I, I don't want to live in LA anymore. So that's tricky and done. Yeah. This last September, yeah. the air, when we couldn't open our windows for a month and it was so gross. I mean, I've been done for a little while, but it's that, and you really don't have to live here anymore because it, I shoot commercials here, yes, occasionally, but they're also all over the world and film and television is all over the world. But it's all, you know, we all have this dilemma, where then, where do we go? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, would you go to Europe? Would you go out of country or would you go? No, Finn was born in Maine. Like I had lived in New York City for 20 years and got fed up with New York and I moved to Maine and he was born there. And I lived in this small town called Belfast on the water and bought, you know, moved from New York City. It was like a movie, bought this yeah. 1850, you know, Victorian where the lady was like, are you opening a bed and breakfast? <laughs> No, no, but I've lived in a little apartment for a really long time. So I just need this house, you know, and it's $300,000 yeah. too. So I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and it was yeah. like Here, a fairy tale money. for two years, like just living in this massive house with a newborn baby and in this little fishing village. And it was so fun. I mean, it was never realistic that it was ever going to work. I knew I would have to move to LA, but now I would like to go back to Maine. I just loved it. It's very hard yeah. to get anywhere. It's the, yeah. Yeah, that's tricky because when you're traveling so much, but it is the nature. Like, does that, do you feel like that is one of the grounding things for you, nature? Oh, absolutely. And animals. Yeah. I mean, I miss oh, my yeah? dog so, so much animals. when I travel. We had a horse for you a don't... while. My son's an equestrian. So I still, he still rides. I mean, I love going to the barn and I would love to have a farm. Uh, I... I, I mean, I get it. We, I mean, I told you we were, we were living in Los Feliz and now we're north of Toronto. So not off the grid, but definitely like in the north. Wood. We're north. Yeah. And so, and yeah, like there's horses over there and two cows, the neighbors call beef and jerky. And right. you know, like it's, it, it is a different, yes. but there is like uh, something that I, I know I will crave so much when I go back to the city and having trees around me and I'm not sure. I don't know if I can ever go back. That's an interesting thing. I'll have to cross a bridge all across when I, when I come to it. Yeah. You just reach this point and you're where you're like, why do I live here? Like when you're sitting in traffic and yeah. Yeah. And Sorry, smoking cigarettes for your so pollution. <laughs> yes. And now, yeah, yeah, it's just really, I mean, it's been a, an amazing break you know this whole six seven especially now continuing with online and i was reading did you read that in the new york times about all these people moving to vermont it was a super funny article no. in this small town in vermont i mean just quadrupled the population because there's such a mass exodus from new york city but one yeah. of the people that they were interviewing actually lived in topanga and this guy was saying you know i was kind of in a it was like a zombie. I was like in a trance, like driving home every hour, taking an hour and a half to get home and seeing my baby for like an hour. That's it every night. Yeah. And then you kind of wake up from this trance and you're like, I'm not going back. And I feel like that's what this is. Like, 
I don't yeah. want to, you know, go back to, it takes me an hour on the PCH to get my home, son home from school, which is two hours for me because yeah. I got to get there. <laughs> Just like mind numbingly driving, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. I, it'll um, be interesting to see, you know, cause we've had the, like, there's no traffic in LA now and cause school's not in session. So it's yeah, a whole different city. It's those kids. Those, those kids, kids are all they, the reason we have. <laughs> <laughs> they cause the what, what 8 a.m., 3 p.m., you know. <laughs> right? Jerks. Um, what kind of advice? Like, I, I feel like I think it is better now with the balance of female to male DOPs. Like, I, I still... There has if been I a set, huge it's, shift. It's really... I know we have a long way to go, but it is... Yeah. And they are all working right now. It's really amazing. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Like when it's I see female DLP on set, I'm just like, okay, A, I know I'm not going to have food in my teeth. And B, <laughs> like, it is, there's a balance happening. Why do you think it took so long to get to where we are now? I mean, I think the Me Too movement pushed it over the edge. And, you know, the Academy with their diversity, uh, what do we call that? Um, Mandate? Mandate, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, I think that has, there's been a big pool uh, bubbling up, you know, of female GPs, but not, maybe not getting that opportunity. And those two things just created so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. And now they have reels and they have bodies of work, you know, so yeah. it's just gonna keep going. Cause that's always the thing. You can't get the next job because they're like, well, you don't really have a blah, blah, blah. You know, we like your short right. films, but you don't have a, you know, and now these past three years, it is like the momentum is going. I can't imagine it. It's amazing. Stopping, you know. No, no, we're not going to go or, back. I, mean, I can't, I can only forward. imagine it just keeps growing. Yeah. 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 Um, th- have you ever felt like the, the female DOP or have you always felt like a just, I feel like you you got on the train to become a cinematographer and then you never looked back. Like, I feel like you're like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've had like bubbles of dips and dips and. Yeah, no, I, but. you know, it's always, it was definitely harder in the beginning when you were younger, like the older you get the, you don't know what movie you didn't get, you know, if there was a glass ceiling or if someone high up said right. no, you know, so, but when you're younger, there's a lot more obstacles but I definitely like my mantra was like then I'll go around you you know (laughs) someone put up a no and I was like I'm just gonna move around I'll find another way there you know (laughs) yes you just created a t-shirt that's fantastic (laughs) yeah red rover red rover I'm gonna go around you yes exactly um, I wanted to know who your cheerleaders were. Was, was there anybody who was like a, a, a door opener for you? Um, I had, uh, when I was younger, so uh, I worked with uh, Harris Savitas as his camera assistant for a while. And he's incredibly amazing man, incredibly talented. And I learned a lot from him. And there was another man, George Seminara, who... Um, the, who I did the Ramones with, who really, you know, believed in me and uh, mm-hmm. 
still, you know, like will text me all the time. Like I saw that movie. I saw this movie. We, you know, my wife and I, my wife screamed so loud. She scared the neighbors when she saw the credits of the old guard. He didn't realize it. And uh, he was always really supportive. And we did a lot of music videos together. Yeah. Oh, wow. That kind of cheerleading is just so, so crucial, you know, and, and I hope that like you can, I'm sure you do too, like you're opening doors for other people and bringing them yes. into your camera assistant yeah. role. Because there's sort of like, do you remember the time that you went from being a camera assistant to actually being like the DOP or the cinematographer? Because I think sometimes there's a, um, a thing in the, in the system where you can become an assistant for a long time and never get your break. Do you remember your break? Uh, well, my friend, um, well, Maria Magenti asked me to shoot the incredibly true adventure of two girls in love. So there was a, a core of women in New York City that really helped me. You know, Maria, okay. I shot her movie, you know, and then Lisa Cholodinko had me shoot her film. And then Maria was the writer on The Love Letter. So that was the first studio movie I did. And she, you know, was like convinced Kate Capshaw and Steven Spielberg. And she was like, you have to see the high art. You have to meet this woman. And that was a huge moment. Like I was like 33 years old and I was shooting a DreamWorks movie. It wasn't a huge budget, but you know, Steven was there every day. <laughs> and Maria, you know, I mean, really the budget could be been a huge supporter. And so that group, you know, we would always, we were always supporting each other. So what advice would you give people if they're like, oh, I want to do what she's doing? Well, I would, you know, I, I all the, the women on my camera crew at one point during a shoot, I'll always be like, so what do you want to do? You know, <laughs> are you, do you yeah. want to shoot? Like, what do you know? Like I give this like boost of like, you got to bust out, you know, that's what yeah. I, you got to build that reel. It doesn't, and that's what's so amazing these days. It can be on your iPhone, but you can't really get a job without a reel. So I'm always really encouraging in that way. Like, you know, most, they don't want to be a career assistant, you know. My no. assistant now, Sarah Brandes, I'm always like, you know, being like, you got to shoot, you got to shoot, you got to, you know, and she's starting to. You're working to... You're working to get rid of your your assistants. Yes, have, like, <laughs> I want to them replace to move them. On. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would and have to move say on. because like, oh. it gets harder. You know, once you get older and have kids or buy a house or something, it's harder to work for free. And that's another thing that you know that system is still there. You're going to work for free. You yeah. know, shooting things for people, and so it's definitely easier before you have all you know, when you're supporting a child or, you know, paying a mortgage or whatever it is that like makes it harder for you to work for free. It's definitely easier when you're younger. Like, I mean, based on like being a single mom and pulling yourself through this career, I think you, you could be a lot more bitter about things. You still have a lot of joy and passion. <laughs> What, what what do you equate that to? What do you think? That's the other thing I always say. What's your path? And do you want to have a baby? Don't wait. You know, <laughs> they're like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, it's a lie that you can wait yeah. till forty. You know, <laughs> I have to give them my fertility speech. <laughs> and yeah. you can see them. It's just, just like, your classic <laughs> DOP fertility speech. <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah, yeah. We break for lunch, and no matter what the TV, they always go. So you're gonna have babies? 
<laughs> it's a lie that you can wait. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> it's another T-shirt. What do you think your secret was to to sustaining that kind of, I don't know, joy? Like you have such passion for your for your art. It's infectious. Um. You know, I just, I love what I do. I feel like I've been really lucky and I've made a lot of great choices, you know, like a lot of choices in the picking these directors and, and also, I mean, having this incredible, I love traveling. So when my son was younger, like I didn't really know, I was just sort of, I, I was pregnant when I won the ASC award. So I was the first woman to ever be nominated wow. and ever to win an ASC award. And I was four months pregnant when I accepted that. I wasn't telling anybody. So here I am at the awards and everyone's going, congratulations. And I keep forgetting, I think they're talking about my baby. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, it's so exciting. And I hold my stomach and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, the award. Yes. <laughs> I was all focused on finally, you know, it took me a long time to get pregnant. So it was uh wow but then you know we lived this magical life where we just traveled with the nanny just you know all over the world and uh yeah and so you know it was like a paid vacation we're just all flying first class staying at five-star hotels <laughs> and he's with me oh my you know? gosh yes and was the father ever part of the picture or was it always just you two? Uh, no, I'm, uh, he's a sperm bank. So sing I'm a single mother by choice. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a very different, you know, there's no uh, resentment that you can pass on to anybody else. Exactly. Like, how are you doing this? And I was like, well, part of it is all the decisions are mine, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's still, there's definitely moments when it would always be, I'd always say it was the dogs that would push me over the edge, like getting us all ready and then just making sure someone was going to stay at the house and take care of the dogs. And like, I mean, yeah, the list was to be able to leave was <laughs> epic, yeah. epic. Epic. You must miss traveling so much right now. I mean, you're traveling a little bit still, but like not as much as you. Not yeah, not abroad. I've been to you know, done two commercials in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and I just did the scout in Memphis and uh, Mississippi. But yeah, nothing like it's the longest I haven't been anywhere. Yeah, but there um, were moments like right before the the break, it had reached an epic. It had reached a you know. <laughs> Like you're traveling, you mean? Yeah, where I couldn't, you know, I was like, I can't get on another plane. You know, I had been yeah. all over Europe and Morocco and right before the old guard, I had been shooting in Cape Town and before that India. And it was just a lot of big, long flights yeah. where you felt like maybe years of your life were being <laughs> zapped out of you from the air or something. What, what's, a, what's a sign for you that you're like, oh, I got to... I got to be home for a little bit or I got to lay low for a little while. Yeah, I think you kind of run out of ideas. Like you need to be in nature. You need to watch films and you just be at home, be a mom and hike with the dogs and kind of refuel because you can empty mm -hmm. out and then. 
That's interesting you should say that. I don't often recognize when I'm out of ideas, but I do recognize when I'm like, like I've had a rebirth of ideas. You know what yeah. I mean? When I suddenly yeah. wake up and I'm like, oh, I have three ideas for a project today. And that could not have happened four months ago because I was tapped out. Right. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. And then you just recharge. I'm, um, it makes me so happy that people like you are in our community. Like, I love that nobody's just taking it for granted that, you know, that we're so lucky that we're in this business and that we're creating this kind of art where people come together and, 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 and takes get ruined because somebody is so connected to the performance of an actor. Right. Like that's the thing that you want to have happen. So, right. I mean, it's a real pleasure. Yes. Yeah. I, it must be hard for you to switch to commercials after working on something like one night. It's different. It's there's They feel so different, you know, that it's, yeah. it's, it, yeah, it's easier, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to get somebody like talking about gum and someone going, yes, gum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Although some of the corporate people get very excited with commercials. I do, I do. You have to balance out both, you know, if you, you're on a movie for a long time and you're like, I need to just go home and do one of those commercials where I fly first class to London and yeah. then stay at the, you know, <laughs> and every night we go out to the best restaurants. <laughs> yeah, just play it easy for a while. Yeah. <laughs> because I think, I, I think people forget, like, as a DOP, like, it, 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 it's equally taxing for you to go through the most the emotional journey of a film or or of a show it's oh, not something yeah. that you're just like technically doing no because you are so hugely involved in scheduling you know and that becomes such a big part of it you know, mm -hmm. that people forget how big that part is you can't be successful in your shooting unless it's scheduled in a way that's going to allow for that so you really it's a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could talk to you all day. I could also call this <laughs> podcast. I could talk to you all day. Cause every single time I talk to somebody, I'm so enthralled. I wish we were living in Los Angeles. So I could take you out for a glass yeah. of wine or a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> I'm going to wrap it up with some firecracker okay. questions that I ask everybody. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, okay. Fill in the blank. To me, a firecracker is. An explosion. <laughs> I love it. Um, what do you want to be best known for? Being a great mom. <laughs> It'll make me cry a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, two words. That's lovely. And I think you must be because he's still talking to you. And I don't think all 16 year old boys talk to their mom. That's amazing. Um, two words to describe your present state of mind. Oh, slightly anxious. Yep. And you have that. Yeah. Slightly anxious. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, I think that's a fair one. Yeah. You know, going um, back oh. and forth in my mind, trying to calm myself down that, you know, at one moment you're like, we are on the verge of this world exploding. And then being like, no, not going to explode. It's going to, you're going to wake up tomorrow and be in this house because you can hype your, I mean, we have to keep reading the news. Mm -hmm. We have to be anxious right now. Yep. You have but, to, but you can work yourself in a frenzy to the, <laughs> Where you can just, I think, you know, like the mass exodus happening everywhere. I had a moment yeah. where I was like, we're moving. We have to leave now. So, you know? And <laughs> I know. I saw people packing up in the middle of the night and driving back to Canada. Yes. 
Of it's course, so, and as you said, we have to be anxious. And we're 18 days away from knowing if, right? Like, and it's a, it's a very strange feeling to have my friends who are like my family still in Los Angeles and feel like there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do to sway this decision other than support right. the decision makers right. and, and encourage voting. Yeah. I think somebody said it well once that, you know, the world, different countries have lived through horrible leaders before and America will live yes. through this. It just is a bumpy ride. Right, right. And then you, with climate change yeah. on top of it and all those fires raging through California, oh that was like the double whammy of the world's coming to an end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if this was a movie, this is another question. If this was a movie and the credits are about to roll now, what in your, your story was the climax, the turning point? Oh, wow. Uh, I have to talk about my son again. <laughs> he sounds like a great kid. Yes, it would be the two yeah. of us. And, and last Christmas, we um, worked at a sloth sanctuary in Peru, in the Amazon. Of course, <laughs> yes. No, I was going to say that. I was going to imagine that for sure. And that would be the closing thing. The two of us, like, bottle feeding these baby sloths, like, in the middle of the jungle. <laughs> I have to say, I loved it more than him. <laughs> it's not enough that you have this beautiful partnership with your son and then you throw in a couple of sloths. You really got Oh, me, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> um, what book do you think you'd love to write? Oh, I want to. Well, it's called Big Daddy because my father was a big character. He was a larger than life, uh, slightly con man, a lot con man. <laughs> and he, my sisters and I are always, he passed away a couple years ago and we're like, okay, it's time. We're writing the Big Daddy book or the Big Daddy screenplay. <laughs> wow. We have a yeah. lot of stories growing up that were just, to this day, I kind of like forget how wild they really were until you tell someone and they're just like, what? <laughs> what was a typical event for you with your father? Well, he worked in uh, veterinary medicines, but he wasn't a vet. And he would always, you know, he, he was just a wild man that, you know, he would, when we were little, he'd always be coming at us with some kind of, you know, you cut your knee and he'd have this big tub of something. We're like, what is that? You know, and he's like, it's cow slap. And I'm like, I'm not a cow. You're an animal. A cow's an animal. It's going to work, you know? <laughs> and then he, he just had lots of wild stories auctioning us. He was also used to be an auctioneer and ride in the rodeo. And he had a lot wow. of crazy. Wow. Sounds like a great, great character. Yeah. Um, what's something that people don't know about you? Oh, that I'm a great cook. <laughs> yeah. Are you? Yes. What's your favorite dish? I to learned cook? to be. I wasn't when I was, yeah. you know, until I had a child and then I learned to really cook. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite dish? I love to make soups, like carrot ginger soups yeah. and yeah. Yes. Soups and yes. <laughs> I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I used to make casseroles with um, potatoes, pasta, and rice. That was a famous casserole oh, nice. of mine. And then I learned how to cook. No, no, that's like, just slap that right on your butt. 
it's, it's just bunch of stars. Um, okay, uh, one more question. Is that the last question? Oh yeah, what's your favorite mistake? I don't really believe in mistakes, but what's the thing that happened that you thought was a mistake at one point, but that you really realized was the best gift you could get? Oh, wow. Maybe moving to LA when Finn was born. I thought it was a huge mistake when I landed here in the Palisades and I was like, whoa, what have I done? <laughs> Yeah. But it actually all the relationships and friends that I made and career wise, it was a mm -hmm. good it's time to move on now, but <laughs> Yeah. It has been good. But I it definitely like for a couple of years thought I had made a humongous mistake, you know. Right. Yeah. What's something that you have to do in your lifetime that you haven't done yet? Uh be a farmer. I really want to yes. have a small farm. I want to have goats and mini chickens? donkeys and chickens. I really, yeah, I'm always I'm like, I can't let that go. It's just been a dream for so long. And I don't want to be too old. I don't want to be grandma on the farm. I was like, I gotta <laughs> find a way to make I don't this think, work. I think you could jump into that anytime. <laughs> I think that you'd be 60, 70, you'll be like gathering eggs and milk yeah. and goats. You'll have a great time. <laughs> My final question was, what advice would you have given to your younger self? Hmm. I would have told myself to be a bit more open when I was younger, open to different people and situations and maybe not have been so driven. I don't feel like I that's changed at all. I know you do feel you do miss something when you're driven when you're so driven like I do there were times when I worked and traveled so much that I missed everyone's wedding missed everyone's birthday yeah. missed every you know you don't get that back <laughs> it's very hard you don't you, you're either on the train or you're not like <laughs> you yeah to, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a lifetime of, of wisdom too. Cause I, I think we've all missed things because there was that opportunity that was so exciting. Yes. And, and yeah. There was that. like a good five years where, you know, on commercials, I would be in Paris and my agent would be like, Oh my God, there's a job in Cape town. You could just go right from Paris to Cape town. I get that though. I, I struggle with um, the balance of opportunities and when, like my father is a workaholic, so I learned I learned it honestly about being that driven. I mean, it's great to have so many decisions. It's hard sometimes when you're telling someone young, you know, because they're like, uh, I, I want to fly first class to Paris and stay at the Ritz, you know, and you're like, yeah, but yeah. sometimes you just need to be home. And they're like, no, really? <laughs> it's a wedding. They'll get married again. It's exactly. their first wedding. Uh, it's such a pleasure talking to you. I wish that we were in person and I could give you a big hug and uh, yeah. just I'm so grateful for this time. All right, great. Well, it was great to talk to you. Thank you. All right, have a great day. <laughs> All right, thank you, thank you so much. Okay, bye, bye Tammy. I mean, I just, this is the thing, I could really talk to these guests forever because you just feel like you get going and then I'm looking at the clock going oh that's an hour sneakers come on wrap it up the hour for me just completely flew by and I can't wait to meet this firecracker this Tammy Riker one day in real life whether it's coffee or I'm gonna have to buy her dinner or maybe we'll work together 
Now that's a dream. Okay, Universe, hear that? I want to work with Tammy Riker. Oh, Universe just sent me a memo going, get in line. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Thanks, Universe. You can follow Tammy on Instagram at TammyRiker123 and One Night in Miami on Twitter at O-N-I-M Film. And let us know while you're over there on Instagram and Twitter at FirecrackerDEPT what you liked about Tammy's episode. What made you laugh? What resonated for you? What what did you wake up with the next day and went, oh, remember when Tammy said this? This little pearl of wisdom? Send me a little note. I would love to hear from you. We respond to all the emails as a team from Firecracker Department, and we love getting your feedback, so thank you. Don't forget, we do the after show for every episode. Now, the after show for me is so fun because it includes some of the core team members from Firecracker Department and some of you, some of the community members, and we talk about past episodes and what resonated with you, what made you go, oh, that's so smart. Oh, I'm going to make a t-shirt. If you would like to be part of the after show, reach out to us, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com, and we'll get you part of the party. The after show episode comes out Thursday, just like every week, and sometimes it's live. The first Thursday of every month, it's live, so you can ask questions and everything and participate. Go on over to our YouTube channel and check out all the past after show episodes with me, Emily Churchill, AJ Edmonds, and a very exciting guest each week. Head over there and subscribe now so you don't miss it. You're welcome. Like I always say, there's space for everyone within the firecracker department. And if you're not already part of our Facebook members group, why not? There's tons of stuff going on over there. That's our central hub for connecting with the firecracker community and where all our event reminders, conversations and connections happen. Uh, like our sparkler department, which is little firecrackers. So if you have kids, go check out the sparkler department. Or are you an actor or a writer? Because we have the script department and writing department as well. Weekly, the writing department posts a prompt on Mondays so that you can do that anytime. Plus, we do a little writing gym with bursts, so you don't even have to prepare anything. We do that on Zoom every Thursday. Come and join us over there. Every Sunday, we host a community brunch on Zoom so that new and current firecrackers looking to meet other creative people like you can hang out and connect. And it's always really fun. We drink coffee. We often wear our pajamas and have bathrobes and that's the way it rolls. We always want to know what you're doing and how we can help you move forward creatively. Monthly, we host a script department reading series, a wellness department meditation, live spark chats on Instagram with past podcast guests, and even a movie club. Yeah, there's a lot going on and there's a department and a seat for everyone at the firecracker table. Come find yours, share your voice with the world, and connect with your people. Stay in the loop with everything I just threw at you by subscribing to our newsletter at firecrackerdepartment.com. Big, huge, ginormous thanks to my whole team. I'm throwing my arms up. Ginormous! Everyone who's in Los Angeles, Toronto, Vancouver, New York, and all the way over in the UK. Thanks to all our core members for everything that they do online and off to make this community, this firecracker department growing into what it is becoming, which is so important to me. And from what I'm hearing from the feedback, it's important to you too. So thank you. Big thanks to Jeff Militinovic and Igor Karila for our theme music. We love it. And thanks to you. Yeah, you, the one listening right now for taking the time to listen because we know there's a lot of options out there and we so appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Naomi, and we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. Mm-hmm.